Again, I have the mic. I have the power. And Uthrak has one nut. Yeah. It's time to down. Well, I thought we had something. If anything, we put work here at MDC. Not a lot of work. And not hard work, but work. You know why chickens are so funny? Why are they funny? Because. God damn it. <laughs> because. <laughs> See, I've heard that as, why did the chicken cross the road? Because. <laughs> Good old classic humor. Where were you going to go with your hot take? I'm pretty sure the critics and just about everybody else only watched the first episode. The first yeah. episode was garbage. The rest was not that bad. Yeah, they, they just bailed out after episode one. Yeah, I mean, and rightfully so. Like, we pushed through it. We were both ready to just, like, off ourselves after the end of that first one. It was definitely hard, episode one, because where it just immediately picks up makes no sense. The characters you have no attachment to, no understanding of what's going on. They rush everything. It, it felt like the, it was very compact. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it could be from us not knowing the lore behind it, reading the books? You played the video games, right? Yeah, I read I read the books and played the video games, but oh, okay. I have like a two-year lifespan when it comes to my memory, and it's gotcha. been a long time since I've read those books. The thing with a good TV show, even Rings of Power, which I wouldn't necessarily classify as a good, good TV show, but then mm-hmm. you didn't have to know the lore. You didn't have to read the books. They explain that to you as you're watching the show. Same thing with Game of Thrones. Like, it's beneficial. Like, you have more of an attachment if you read the books. However, it didn't take away anything by, mm. by watching the show and they just did not do a good job of that at least with the first episode yeah the storytelling wasn't there i think that's that's our main theme of things mm-hmm. is that the storytelling usually is lacking yeah episode was one was rough i'm gonna one up you i'm gonna turn the notch up here that my hot take is the 75 million dollar budget for this show episode four that that Final fight yeah. with the Witcher and such. Where if you all turned into a human ball sack. Yep, turned into a human ball sack. Ripped another human in half. <laughs> well, an elf. But just the CGI on this, this was terrible. The storytelling, my God, that was quite a bit of money for Netflix to be... Because it, it definitely felt that they were just trying to push out of like, Oh my God, Witcher's the hot thing right now. We need more yeah. Witcher. Give me more Witcher. Yeah. No, that, that was not the answer. A lot of it went to the, the props that they used in the movie were really good. The costumes were really, really good. Well done. Another part of the budget, I'm sure, went mm-hmm. to doing... What was the, the main chick's name? Mer- Merwin? Yeah, the queen. Yeah, Merwin. Merwin. Merwin the it went to doing her hair. Did you, you see so? those like intricate like things that she had going on with her hair? That was crazy. Maybe not. I The hair scene that pops to mind is when she dies and all of it's covered by a crown. That's fair. But now I got to show you a pic- picture. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I suppose, yeah. But like she had a couple of these things going on. She had like a straight up hat with uh-huh. like braids going on in one scene. It was pretty crazy. Pretty cute. Yeah. No. I just don't know how, again, in comparison, Game of Thrones, when that came out, you said the first couple of seasons. Roughly the same budget. $60 million. So this Mm -hmm. one had $15 million on top of them. The ratings were awful. 
It's like they're trying to do a checklist on introducing the characters. Even episode two, when they were introducing the other the other three or other four, it was the same thing. Um, it, they were kind of going through a checklist. Like, we got to prove that this guy's a badass. Like, and, and they kind of, like, skimmed through a couple scenes. Like, for example, Brother Death. How are we going to prove that he's a bad... Oh, we're going to have him say it. In the line where Isla... Okay. She was like, how good are you with those cleavers? She's like, very good. It's like... Very good. They, that, that was kind of the formula there. Introduce a character, prove that they're a badass, and then throw them in the mix with the other ones. So if you guys can't tell... We're sitting here, MDC, my guy in the chair over there, Michael, and I am Cody. Uh, we're chatting about the Witcher miniseries that we have, Blood Origins. I put in a quick blurb on this of just summarizing the story. This is a prequel to our modern day Witcher by about 1200 years, seeing the creation of the Witcher and introduces both monsters and humans to the world of elves, dwarfs, and sages. I think they're they're going by sages. I think so. So those are the wizards. This follows the story of seven warriors overthrowing a kingdom and chaos magic. Or at least that's the story being told to the bard Yaskir, who is actually the last of the bloodline for the first mutated witcher. I didn't know that. That part's debatable. So basically... I could see that. No, it makes sense. I'm team Yaskier. Uh, I think so too because okay. Fjall and Isla. Isla's mm-hmm. got the voice of a goddess and then you have bard. that got passed on to the bard. You think Yaskier. so? Mm-hmm. So, and that's what I was asking before because the other one that's uh, on the other side of the coin here is Siri, who has some kind of magic wi- wizardry, something mm-hmm. that you would think comes from the bloodline of a witcher because it comes about after the two main characters have sex. They they do the deed in the sheets. Oh, rose petals. <laughs> but he, he went through the witcher mutation and then they did gotcha. it. Gotcha. My money's on Bart the Bard. He is of the bloodline for the original. Makes sense. Originally mutated Witcher. Overall, this show wasn't exactly where we thought it would pick up. Just automatically with the abduction of Yaskir from the Witcher series. He's in the middle of a battle Mm. and such. And then he is actually captured by a a monster of sorts. Doesn't it end with him being thrown back in the battle there? It does. Yeah, it comes back around where she, this monster, the form that the monster took for her, that she was telling him the story and said, you need to sing the song of the original Witcher. And so it comes back, he's done taking his notes and they throw him back into the battle that's the end of the season one there for Blood Origins. Mid-credit scene, it ties that into The Witcher, actually. And again, note that I said this takes place 1,200 years before The Witcher show. They fucking time-traveled. They fucking time-traveled for 1,200 years into the future. Yeah, I mean, I could see season two. They decided to make a season two going into the schools a little bit because I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, they, again, this one, it saw the creation of The Witcher, the, mu- the first mutation to start hunting monsters that were just randomly being brought into the world to the continent. Which would you call that first creation of The Witcher? Was that a success? Was that a failure? I'd I'd say it was a success. Success. The success comes from he had one mission to kill the monster in the The only problem is after he hulked out and he was just like... The the big old testicle? 
Yeah, the, the human ball sack there. He couldn't transform back into Bruce Banner. Not even after uh, Isla was trying to calm him down, Scarlett Johansson style. We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves of this, of who is Ayla and who is Fjall. Yeah. You, you think that our voice out there will get people more interested in uh, finishing? Because it's only four episodes. That's four hours. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. The, Avatar The Way of the Water was almost as long as these four episodes. Yeah, th- this was a very quick series. <laughs> and I understand the whole, like, trying wanting to boycott it because of the Cavill situation there. He's not part of this. He's not part of this, no. Yeah. But I do understand being mad at Netflix. But it was a decent show. It wasn't great. Uh, it wasn't anything to write home about. It wasn't also as bad, I think, as the critics are portraying it. The first episode 100% was. That first episode was garbage. That was hard to get through. Yeah. I, I know you, you were you were very much of like, I, I, I don't think I can finish this. And I, I, I somehow powered through it and told you. I was like, dude, this... This picks up. This was great. This is Witcher. Yeah, the first the first episode, my main contention there was the way that they introduced the characters. Way too quick. A whole bunch of corny, cliche lines. Um, <laughs> just, they couldn't get their act together. They couldn't get the story together. It was all over the place. Um, they were literally cutscene to cutscene to cutscene. And... Uh, like, you'd see a scene between uh, Fjall and Isla there, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they cut to Zentreya to show, like, one quick scene, and then they cut back, and then cut back, and, like, my head was spinning. Way too many cuts. Again, the yeah. storytelling of it. The the one that came to mind when you're talking about that is the cut of the new Empress. She's being crowned and such in front of all of her subjects, and it cuts back to Fjall and Ayla that then comes cuts back to the Empress. And the only thing that we missed was that she went to her room. That yeah. that was it. Why did we cut Pointless. story to story kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Back and forth, back and forth. So yeah, we're going to explain the characters probably just as good or better. We're going <laughs> to, ex- yeah, we're going to explain the characters. Uh, so it starts with Ayla. She was, I would say, the main character of the, the show. Played by Sophia Brown. She was a former member for the Queen's Guard. Uh, she was part of the Raven Clan. This clan, they fight for Prisha. Prisha? Prisha. Prisha. Say it with confidence. So she fights for Prisha. These fighters, they have more of a ballet style to them, uh, where they just have two small daggers. Uh, and she was the daughter to the chieftain. And so she actually is a great embarrassment. Because she didn't want to live that life of a clans member. She wanted to travel the continent and become a, a bard. Yeah. Singing singing it. So that's how she's introduced to us as a bard. Yep. Mm-hmm. Again, they're also like, here's the mystical lark. Um, she can sing and then she can and then right after it's like, we gotta prove her badassness. So she has throw some daggers at a dude trying to assault a, a lady at yeah. the bar there. And Just, like I'm telling you, man, that's the formula that they used. Introduce the character, prove how badass they were. Pub brawl. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you think it was okay, cool, we get it. She is very mm-hmm. touching, but she's also a badass. Yeah. Very, very on the nose there. Gotcha. Uh, you put down here that she also played a minor role for the Beauty and Beast of 2017. So I she know. might look a little familiar there. Yeah, and and sing as well. Ayla as well, she is being recruited back for the Raven Clan. Her sister comes to get her. Ultimately becomes assassinated mm. as the three clans have assassins sent after her and Fjall. They, uh... Again, proving their badassness together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go and they kill all the assassins. Yeah. So she, as well, ultimately has a vision by the white-robed one. The white-robed one is a child in this series, but she mm-hmm. actually lives and the 
elves take her word very seriously in the Witcher series 1200 years later. But she gets a vision. They call it just, she has the fits. And uh, she gives Ayla a message of what's what's about to happen, telling her future. That she will slay a monster, but it's not the monster she thinks it is. She, Ayla ultimately becomes pregnant after they have the Witcher mutation process and she will eventually carry on the baby uh but she she kind of wasn't a badass i would say of just uprising the the poor folk of zentrea where she was like all of this grain belongs to you and then she's on the spot and was like oh fuck it's empty there yeah yeah there's no grain oh shit and you know what she did this the empress did this follow me rise up that that takes the cake there that was a little bit of a cheesy bit there too. Again, I'm gonna harp on this a little bit because I uh, I'm not one for musicals. Okay, I'm not one for musicals. Like the whole uprising thing started with one one person singing. Like that's how it starts. Yeah. Like come okay, on, come. That is. You didn't like that song? If the song's fine, it, yeah. It's like if you're gonna add music to something that's action adventure, like it has to have more of an impact. <laughs> no, but like uh, this is a, a theme from even Rings of Power. Like stop adding you're musicals. Saying, you're saying Isla. I'm saying Ayla. Ayla. Is it it Ella? Elsa? Let us know in the comments. It's the lark. (laughs) Are we stupid? (laughs) I mean, that's a given. A little bit of praise Mm -hmm. with Ayla or Ayla. And the the redeeming thing that I I think I had with the character was the actress. I thought the actress actually did a really good job. The actress had a good voice, if that was, in fact, her voice. She did a good job working with what she had. The fight scenes were okay. Like, you could tell this wasn't no Rings of Power budget. Okay. Um, But she did a pretty good job. Her portrayal was really good. Fairly convincing with with what she had there. I was a fan of it. I think she did a lovely job Mm -hmm. at it. Probably Um, one of my favorite characters, I think, actually. I think overall, because the show redeemed itself, that I'm good. Uh, I mean, that's easy, that's easy to do. So the other main character of this show was Fjall. 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 Fjall of the story. Cool. So we can't pronounce names, so we just got to like, commit to it. He was of the, the dog clan. He They were the bodyguards for the Zentria kingdom, led by his father, him, and his sister, where he actually ultimately gets kicked out because he fucks and doesn't protect. He was entrusted to protect the empress and was ultimately just screwing around with her. So, brought a grip about great shame to his family. Kicked out. The dog clan, they are, one of the showrunners says, the meats and potatoes style of fighter, where they're just very, very brunt force and it specialize with, an, with the battle axe. Sion, the other member of the seven warriors that we were talking about, she is part of the ghost tribe. She's the last surviving member getting the ghost tribe out of the way uh, as Sion. She was the last surviving character. She didn't have as much of a role to play in it. But, what are you talking about? She had a huge role. But she she goes in and she ultimately tries to she tries to betray Fial. What? But it was a double betrayal. Oh yeah. Right? She was a double agent. So because the way that they were going to go in to overthrow the kingdom was a secret passage that Fial knew because he was a bodyguard of the kingdom. But he drunkenly says, What are you talking about? There's no secret entrance. And so here's kind of my main contention with the show after like let's just forget episode one existed. Okay. Um, the main problem that I had with this show was just that whole like betrayal scene with with Sky and C and however you want to say it. Why didn't she just tell the gang what she was gonna go do? 
That way they didn't have this whole like plot twist, plot twist again. Do I you, thought that was just dumb. Like they were trying to throw a plot twist in there. Have us think that Skyon or Skian, whatever her name was, Michelle Yeoh betrayed the rest of the crew there. But that in fact was not what was happening. Yeah, it was possibly a double cross, not 100% because she left and didn't know that Fjall was taking the elixir and going through the mutation process yeah she thought it was going to be ella it was originally supposed to be ella uh where she was going to be now we switch now you're saying ella and i'm saying ella i'm going to say isla you say isla i say ella. <laughs> Venom. the witcher elixir yeah where they got that from was that they were able to travel using monoliths if anybody remembers from the witcher uh episode one where siri she uses her power and shatters a giant large tower nobody knew what that was about or anything until much later on and she shatters it that's supposed to be impossible because they are damn near instructable but that's what is used to travel worlds and time and because it broke it allowed monsters to travel worlds and come into their with the conjunction of the spheres yeah yep well we'll come back we'll talk conjunction of spheres at the end he took it as a sacrifice Mm because ayla was supposed to take it that's right he was ella she was supposed to originally take it she volunteered to have that what it was is that they had some magical elixir and then they used the heart of a monster that they ran into when they were traveling worlds they chased them down they they cut the head off and took out the heart and then they combined the heart the magical elixir and fjall and created the first witcher that was actually really intense like you could see the the process the pain and everything about it i was pretty metal that scene right i was a fan of that yeah it was intense and then you could see as well what kind of reaction that fjall had from it as well he was cowered up in a ball he was i want to destroy everything and i can smell your blood and he monstrous kind of thing ella was able to somewhat manage him with her musical abilities yeah they they reduced what i think could have been a really good character to black widow at the end they're just calming down the hulk okay good good comparison there but so brother death as well he was another one of the seven members but he doesn't have too much of a backstory no he was part of the serpent clan that they fought for the darwin kingdom that was the southern kingdom that they had there so if you guys are tracking that's three kingdoms they were constantly at war together they were coming together to create a peace treaty marry off the princess just how they normally do for kingdoms and such but the serpent clan using sharpened shields spears and poison blow darts they are very precise and swift like a snake bite so i thought that that was very interesting cool so yeah that's the main clan members that were of the seven warriors the other seven warriors included eridan he was a member there were also two mages that the seven warriors had not a whole lot of backstory on them as well not a whole lot of connection with them either the the one he he discovered he did all the equations for the mages on how to travel worlds and time as well and so the last member then would be meldoff played by Francesca Mill. She's also known as Meldoff the Mad. She is a small dwarf assassin wielding a war hammer that it's named Gwyn and it's because the essence of her lover is trapped in that war hammer. And so she she has a very close connection. I'm curious about how that happened. Right? I, I thought that this was very good. So Francesca Mill 
three foot eight in real life. Hmm? They casted. She's shorter than uh, Marion Pippen. They were accurate with their casting, and so I I could appreciate that as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've seen that very much before in a whole lot of movies where they actually cast people of that stature. I, I would suppose recently, because I, I'm referring to The Hobbit and yeah. Lord of the well, Rings. Like Gimli, and stuff. the actor that plays Gimli is like. Six four or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So having somebody of that st- stature actually play in the mystical world. So that covers the seven warriors that we have there, and then the, we've got got two main I got antagonists. A real, real quick blurb about that. Yeah. yeah so w- with the seven warriors, again, another kind of point of contention with the show here comes in the form of they did a good job with the three main people. Okay, y'all. C and Sky and whatever and Isla Ayla. But even then, like you, you can see, Isla. even though I just finished watching this show, I still don't know how to pronounce the characters right. That means mm-hmm. that they didn't do a good enough job of kind of implanting <laughs> that in my mind. Again, I have the mic. I have the power. And Uthrak has one nut. Yeah, I was going to... Let's talk about the main antagonist to the Seven Warriors. Yeah. And then I was going to say, this is all actually a story being told by a Sinchi, played by Mini Driver, where she's a shape-shifting creature that can control time and space as well, kind of thing. She's talking to Yaskir, and then we talk about Yaskir as well. And then we finish up with, where are we going next with Witcher? Kind sure. Of thing. Oh, let's not forget, there was the one guy, he got trapped in the one world by Baylor. That's the beginning of the wild hunt. That's right. Fucking metal. So, yeah, we've got, for this, of the seven warriors, two main antagonists. Got the chief druid Baylor. That's played by Lenny Henry, who also plays... Sadik. Sadik. The, the killer Harfoot. The Harfoot. Sadik the Harfoot, he's the navigator from Rings of Power. Uh, we just saw him. Very interesting. Uh, the other is... But he's tall in this one. He's of average height. He is still poor, though. He is, right. uh, he is only but a Harfoot. Only but a Harfoot. And then Princess Merwin. This was Fjall's lover that he was supposed to be protecting. Was it actually ending up fucking? She's the Zentria's princess of the elf race. And she actually is the one she turns... She vaporizes everybody. You Using Baylor. So Baylor, originally, he was being a puppeteer over Princess Merwin and was going to have her as a front for this kingdom. And he was going to run everything because he was very power hungry. He was traveling using the monolith we talked about before to this other world where he found chaos magic. And he really seeked that out because he just craves more power. Being a lowborn, he wanted more. So going to this chaos magician magic and brought back a monster. This monster was for Princess Merwin where they gathered all of the kingdoms that were at war, all of the clans that were there. The The clans acted as the boots on the people's throats, the lowborn's throats for the kingdoms. They were just the muscle. And so Baylor and Princess Merwin and Aridin, they managed to escape and this monster is set loose on everybody at this gathering and it vaporizes people with lightning shooting out of three pronged tails coming out of its head that turns everybody into mist. Yes, blood mist. Blood mist. Yes, we said that correctly. Three 
pronged tails coming out of its head, shooting lightning, turning everybody into blood mist. Which I like. I like the metalness of it. Metal. Dungeons and Dragons metal. That's where they they create. Fjall becomes the Witcher to destroy this monster. So Princess Merwin, she ultimately, she stands up for herself. She captures the chief druid Baylor, locks him up, and then she says, we need to work together. We need to go and travel to these new worlds that you're discovering, and we need to conquer them conquer them we need to be they need to work with us or they need to be ruled and so that is very uh authoritarian of her for trying to change the narrative being that the princess again you have right here she was later killed for being too ruthless the lark ella of raven clan came back and killed her with a knife uh that was very badass that was very uh john wick of of that style where she stabbed her in the heart and was like you can you can leave it in there and perhaps somebody will find you or you can take it out and die because of where she placed it the the blood stops doesn't kill him after a while so princess merwin the third their their military leader their general for the their elven army eridan briac glass played by jacob collins levy he gets blindsided he gets double crossed by chief druid baylor and cast to another world after he gains the chaos magic um what happens in that other world there michael oh i I don't remember oh god damn you uh so you don't see anything really happen he just opens up a portal they get sucked through him and his men that are traveling with baylor and oh well that i remember yeah nothing really happens they just he just gets double crossed by baylor Mm -hmm. baylor's like yo peace out and then he ditches them yep and then he he heads back to the world Uh, that's a direct quote by the way that's literally what he said fuck off peace out yeah you're riding on the back of the caravan (laughs) (laughs) hartha moment no Hoffoots left behind. He, we don't see him again till the end of the episode. He is cast into this hellish desert world. And as he's kneeling there in the sand, he is able to scrape away some uh, sand and finds a, some, a bone, a carcass of a skull, something but oddly fits as well as a helmet would. So uh, that there then nods to he him becoming actually the leader of the Wild Hunt. Wild Hunt is a big piece in Witcher. Can you elaborate on that? Where were we? You were going to educate us on the Wild Hunt in the Witcher universe. Yeah, so this is going to be taken here uh, from witcherfandom.com. Witcher Um, Wiki! So the Wild Hunt, also known as the Wraiths of Morhog, they were widely believed to be a group of specters galloping in the sky. They were described by common folk as a cavalcade of wraiths on undead horses galloping across the sky and serving as an omen of war. Um, They sound hardcore. I know, right? But they are, in fact, a group of the A&L elves from Tirnalia, who also call themselves the Durg Rudari in their native elder speech. Okay. Meaning Red Riders. Interesting. And Aridin being the king or the captain, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So there, the true purpose of the Wild Hunt here is to find and capture slaves from other worlds, such as that of the Ain Saiti, mm-hmm. to serve the Alder Folk. However, they eventually set their sides on Ciri because of her Elder Blood. And so that's kind of where it ties into uh, the Witcher 3 storyline there with yeah. Geralt catching drift of the Wild Hunt and going after Ciri and him searching for her. Okay, very cool. I appreciate that education on there. So as well, the Seven Warriors, they had the assistance from Uthrock One Nut. He was not nutless. If you ask him, he has two. Size of pomegranates. Yeah. Ask him. (laughs) It's just a nickname. 
Yeah. They're huge. <laughs> They're huge. I promise you. They're the biggest nuts in the world. They're enormous. They're like swollen pomegranates. He he fucking cracked me up because he was like, okay, I'm going to... Everybody follow me. And then he gets into the city and he's just wearing everybody's gold and he's just eating all their food and stuff. He's like, oh, don't mind me. Just everybody... The world's falling apart. Every he, scene that he was in, mm-hmm. I give it to him. Apparently he's a comedian in real life. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah. Dylan William Morin. Yeah, he was pretty funny. And then he also wanted the bard, the lark, to craft a song after him. Actually, not only is he funny, okay. but he was given the title of the greatest comedian alive. By who? A French newspaper. A f- so. What do the it French know? What do the French know in comedy? They're they like, they, the French are slightly rated higher than the Germans in their comedy. Germany's very, very dry, so that's not saying much. Man, I, I, exactly, and that's what I'm saying about the French. I'm trying to imagine this whole bunch of French people like, oh, 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 oh wee wee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so we also see Uthrock One Nut. He, he's the one, he gets ripped in half by the Witcher Fjall. He just becomes like, absolutely mutated. I saw that scene, I was like, you kidding me right now? Uh, the like, C- CGI, my God, for well, that budget. I mean, there, there's that, but like, just I like the significance, yeah, just the significance of that, that scene there, like, he's over there like just eating a, what was it, like a peach or something like dude yep. those peaches are freaking good <laughs> what was the line he, he was said, like he said oh yeah the last words before his death he's <laughs> like you know he doesn't really look so scary now that i can see his butthole and then <laughs> monsters aren't so scary when you can see their arsehole <laughs> I don't know if I can testify to that. I've never really seen it. I don't really look into monsters' assholes too often. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So ultimately, the the story, the the show didn't end, but the story ends where the two mages of the Seven Warriors, they take on Balar, Chief Druid. You just can't commit. Is it Balor? Is it Balar? You changed the pronunciation. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I have no allegiance. No allegiance to anybody and zero respect for the rest. Baylor, eh? Wee wee. Hey, wee wee. Fuck you. Oh, fuck you. So he ultimately gets destroyed along with the monolith. There you see the, the war in the skies, the fire amongst the planets, the conjunction of spheres, they call it. And it was just ripples in time and space where you can look at all of the planets aligning, uh, where it was mixing the realities. That was a cool scene. That was pretty fucking dope. And I'll let you harp on the CGI, because, I mean, uh, where did that budget go? Yeah. Uh, CGI wasn't great, but that was a cool scene, ignoring the... I, I was appreciating the story. The story engulfed me by that point, and yeah. so... Um, but they... So the conjunction of spheres, this is where man, humans now landed on the shores of the elvish kingdoms along with additional elves that uh speak a different language i suppose but what now yeah 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 yeah, yeah. no so, they're humans dude no, no no so there was uh like two or three boats wrecked on the shore there one of them was humans and then the other one was elves, and the the human, she goes, where am I? Where is this? Yeah, and the elves are it, speaking their normal elf tongue that has been translated to us, the viewers, up until that point. That's just going to show yeah. that they don't speak the same language. I don't want to believe that. Okay. <laughs> you can be wrong. <laughs> 
Mister the Stranger is Sour Man. Why the fuck are they? Because they're from different worlds. Of course, the Stranger is. The... Oh, I guess. Uh, uh, of course, they're gonna speak this different languages there. And so, like that scene was just like going to show. Like, but we didn't uh, see him interact with the elves that were already on land. Any of the elves that were in the story. No, but at this point, everybody had been speaking English. Except for that one ha, scene where they you bring said humans. it, they're speaking English. Well, they're speaking whatever translated language. <laughs> Translate, uh, but the, would they speak the same language as the dwarves? Apparently, they did because Meldoff was a dwarf and she was communicating with everybody else just fine. So maybe there's like a common tongue there. Okay, maybe it's like Zentrian or I don't, I don't know. Again, this is where my well, life. that's what they had in the first episode. Ella, she she said in common tongue. In common tongue. There you go. So I guess they're speaking common. So tongue. that elf, that elf doesn't speak common tongue. He no, speaks- that elf speaks common tongue but it was just the fact that we we're hearing it from the human's perspective the common tongue which is for the, elves yeah, elfish common tongue just doesn't translate to humans of earth when they get transported into that world there i suppose well you can see where that goes because that's where also monsters are now being released into this world we find them that people are hanging up signs beware of monsters where we will eventually see more witches being created this leads into what are where are we going to have next next is supposed to be crafted the eight witcher schools that's where they mutate all of the orphans all the warriors to become witchers and they hunt the monsters down that will eventually go to our current day witcher series henry cavill liam hemsworth that they are the last surviving witchers yeah so i I think that's gonna be the natural next direction here and so i think it'd be really cool if they made a second season of blood origins and they went into the witcher schools a little bit okay that's just the nerd in me wanting to learn more about the world there but i want them to make it very visual for me i want to as long as they don't do it like episode one (laughs) as long as they can tell the story yeah I, i suppose the the frustration though if you recall witcher season one uh, the whole show time jumps again it, yeah it was three timelines following the same characters but they weren't in order of hey this is the past this is the future so you're following timelines new characters new locations traveling locations it was and such very confusing but here's <clears throat> the difference with the witcher season one versus henry Origins. cavill exactly my hot eyes, tub scene my eyes were glued to the screen just because of that that man's committed he, f- he fasted. He didn't drink water. So all we just saw every strain of muscle that he had. And vein. Yeah. Bulging. <laughs> Dude's very vascular. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm a little bit curious. We'll see where it goes because the way that they had Fjall, where it took like three, four, five people to hold him down as compared to Henry Cavill's Geralt is like strength wise everything like he must have been holding back when he was the butcher well kind of so here's kind of the thing here name thy thing i can't find my tab with the abilities but essentially uh witchers do have kind of enhanced speed strength all that good stuff there yeah but i don't think it's to the extent that we saw fuel okay I think that's going to be there's different types of witchers with different abilities. Like we see Geralt has more control over magic. Yeah. Uh, Fjall didn't really have that. Maybe he did. He just didn't discover it. But what we saw from, from Fjall is he has an ability to Hulk out when he's super yeah. when he's super angry there. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to be really his only ability. I don't know if they, yeah, the witchers current day that they had just more control on that, that they were schooled for it and such because he, he had to learn. Uh, if y'all didn't have anybody to learn. One piece that I want to take from this point. Did you notice 
because he had a brother that died in in battle. Uh, he died by taking an axe to the shoulder. shoulder neck area, and then as well, Princess Merwin she died with a knife stab penetration to the heart. <laughs> Need to make sure I clarify that for some people, Me. but that's that's also how Fjol died. Fjol went after he mutated into the human testicle. He <laughs> took an axe wound to the shoulder neck area there, like his brother that died in battle. And yeah. then as well, he took a knife wound to the, the heart. By Isla. By Isla, yeah. Every time you say the name, I'm going to say the opposite. That's how I'm just going to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> One of us, we're bound to get it right. Hey, uh, if you can't tell of somebody being type A here and type B, we make this work. We show that you can be a Windows fan and a MacBook fan. And, get, and, and here get you it. are with your Windows laptop and with my 10-year-old MacBook that's yep. still kicking. Mine's is pushing 10. Pushing 10. Pushing 10. But uh, I'm about the size. It's big and it's black. Yeah, mine's small and white. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's quick. <laughs> <laughs> and it lasts forever. <laughs> battery on it. Um, I say that as it's at 17%. <laughs> So, cool. I think that covers up a good bit of it. This very well could be the end of Blood Origins. It, did, it didn't have very good reviews, though it's hard for me to not like a lot of shows and such, a lot of movies. I'm typically a fan of a good bit. Yeah, you're um, pretty easy, I'd say. Easy going guy, okay? Not just easy. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, so I would, yeah, I would agree. I would like to see that they go again with Blood Origins, but they are now needing to hunt more monsters. We want to see more monsters. That's why we watch the Witcher series. Establish the schools for all of the Witchers. So yeah, that's where that goes. But then as well, we see that this ties into season three where the one elf, he elf mage, he time travels to the future and sees Siri playing dice there in the streets. How does, how does it further tie in? Where, what can we expect from season three? Well, actually that's kind of it. That's the tie in right there. That uh, one of oh. the central characters in the blood origin is an ancestor of Siri. That's literally all this thing has to tell me. Wow. Thank you so much. That disproves so, my my point. Yeah. Then, so uh, then uh, that, you don't. <laughs> you that don't. Yaskier was was the the bloodline. Wow. I I suppose that makes for a better story. I understand. I just like to go for the chaos and say that it was Yaskier, the bard, that would sing of the story of the bloodline of the Witcher. Yeah. So um, I mean, that's just that's very on the nose. Yeah, it's, it's like you can you can go back and watch the Blood Origins. I don't think it's going to contribute all that much to season three. Mm. Um, if you want to just boycott Blood Origins entirely or boycott season three because of lack of Henry Cavill there. I mean, what are you guys going to do? You're not going to watch season three? Season three is supposed to have a send-off for Henry Cavill. But I mean, yeah. In it. And so you're just not going to watch it? He's still in it. He's in season three, but it's not going. He's not going to be there for season four when they continue with Liam Hemsworth. We'll see. Because I too have mixed feelings about the whole thing. How about you let them make it and then determine if it looks good or not, and you don't watch it? Like, why would you? Why? They're going to need to appease a lot of unhappy fans, so I think they're going to do a good job with it. Yeah, I understand. I understand. The the world is on Henry Cavill's dick right now about this shit. Liam Hemsworth, nobody's going to give him the chance for it to see if he if maybe this was the role that he was born for. I don't know. I'm not go- I'm not getting on Liam Hemsworth dick or anything. But if the show's good, if it has a story, if they do well with the CGI, 
the monsters. Of course, why wouldn't I watch? If it's a good, yeah, if it's good, then I mean, I'm going to watch it because it's Witcher. At the yeah. end of the day, I'm going to watch Rings of Power no matter how mad I am about the Harfoot storyline because it's Lord of the Rings. So I just like learning more about the characters, about the lore, but it does aggravate me at some points there. I suppose we'll see where that takes us from here. But let us hear in the comments, what do you guys think we can expect next? What do you think is going to be coming from Blood Origins, Season 3, Season 4 of The Witcher? As well, throw in your dislikes and your your likes. What did we miss? Uh, I think that covers a good episode 1 through 4 of Witcher Blood Origins. This has been MDC. We'll catch you later. That's my boy, Michael. The guy in the chair over there, and I'm Cody, and we're out. I like booty. This has been MDC Podcast. We want to thank you for listening. Make sure to like, subscribe, and tell Grandma. We're dropping new episodes every Sunday and Thursday. Let us hear what we should do next down in the comments. Nimure, you dorks. <laughs>